0: Welcome to the Art Studio. I am your host, Dan Burke. I hope all of you are having a great day in your Art Studio, and I hope the art is coming out well. For those that follow the Art Studio on Facebook, there's an Art Studio group, and there's also an Artist and Writers Club that I am the administrator of, and feel free to go over and join those. I posted, uh, I usually post every other day in the Artists and Writers Club, and then I post a new podcast if I have one in the Art Studio group. Anyway, in the Artists and Writers Club this past week, I posted a picture that I drew of a lady. It was a portrait. And I did this portrait about four times, and I thought that I had it each time, but she ended up writing me and saying, hey, you're just not getting it, you know, can we move on? So I refunded her money and we move on. But I swear I nailed her likeness. You know, perception is a weird thing. And it really sometimes makes you doubt yourself. And you're like, man, how could I have not, you know, gotten this right? Anyway, I've gotten a lot of feedback on posting that picture because I asked for feedback. And I really appreciate it. People uh, told me how to fix things, encouragement, all kinds of stuff. So all 100% good and has helped me perhaps do better on my next likeness. I think I'm going to have to take a look at what I'm doing. Last month or two months ago, uh, I drew a poster of a person, looked exactly like her, and she hated it. She was like, you've made me look like an old woman. So after that, I became really conscious of putting any kind of bone lines in ladies' faces uh, because I didn't feel like I made her look old. I know what that, that does. Uh, I just felt like I matched the bones in her face. She had a very prominent jaw, this lady. You could see the jaw lines. But I softened the whole thing. I always do. Anyway, she hated it. So that kind of put it in my mind that, hey, you know, maybe you're drawing the ladies too hard, you know, too angular. But anyway, it's been an issue. On the upside, this amazing run of good health I've had now for almost a year has been uh, really fantastic and allowed me to be extremely, extremely productive. I get up every day and draw, and then I eat lunch, and then I draw again, and then I rest, and then I get up and I draw again. And I've been able to keep this schedule going for years and years, actually. Uh, You know, things happen in between vacation, this and that, but I have been able to keep drawing every day for years. I've exponentially gotten better. You know, I wasn't always a commercial artist. For most of my life, I was not a commercial artist. Uh, I always drew and always dabbled in it, but I would call myself a hobbyist even though I take everything I do seriously and study it. And, you know, I think now really applying myself over the last, I guess, 10 years to art has really made a huge difference in my art. I think I've exponentially gotten better. Another thing that may interest you guys over in the Artist Writers Club is now the Famous Artist Cartoon Course is available free online in the public domain. You can just type it in and find it. But I put a a link to it in the Artist and Writers Club on Facebook. It's also randomnerds.com if you want to look it up there. Anyway, this is a four-book series on how to do everything in art and cartooning. It's brilliant. You wouldn't have to go to art school if you could master the, the information in these books. It's an absolute fact. Just like the famous artist course itself, this one is geared exactly towards cartooning, and it is a brilliant, fantastic book, and it is 100% free. Well, it's a series of four books, again, pardon me. But for anyone who is looking for art instruction, who wants to know how to do it, Or perhaps a refresher course, you know, once every 10 years on how to do art. This would be a fantastic resource for you. Also, for young people or anybody interested in getting into art. Uh, If you can read and understand, you can enjoy this book series. And I couldn't recommend it more. I really couldn't. Uh, I couldn't make a better one. I couldn't think up a better one. It's Andrew Loomis on steroids. It's absolutely fantastic. So, again... Learn to draw with cartoons with the famous artist cartoon course, totally free online at randomnerds.com. It's interesting how the evolution of the art studio, the podcast, has gone. It's an interesting thing. Uh, it's, uh, it's been quite a, a, a weird personal journey, but an exciting and fun one. Right now, the ratings for the Art Studio, the weekly downloads, which I will call ratings, have been really, really high. Ever since I did a show a couple back called Four Panel Cartoons, we've really almost tripled the listenership. I think one of the reasons for this is time of year, maybe? January, people go back to school looking for something to listening, listen to? Podcasts are like... Blades of Grass. There's so many of them. You know, when I began this, I don't know, six or seven years ago, there was a lot of podcasts, but much less. Now there's more, and there's ones that are extremely well produced and popular, and I think that it's amazing that people can even find this podcast at all, because it has no real advertising. It has no traction, so to speak. Uh, All it really has is you guys. And I wonder if people recommend the podcast, or do they find it randomly? How does it work? Anyway, about, I guess it was a year ago, maybe more, I began the experiment of trying to move the show to YouTube, thinking that YouTube was the new place to be, and it is, uh, to find an audience. But it really never worked. The shows never got traction. Uh, I would do instruction shows, uh, just talking shows. I would take these shows and, you know, put them out there on there, but absolutely nothing happens. And, uh, so YouTube is kind of a crapshoot. I don't know how it works exactly. I, maybe I need a fancier name or maybe I should be tagging my stuff different. Who the heck knows? But anyway, the YouTube thing never caught any traction. And I thought that would work. If you had listened to my podcast at that time, I was talking emphatically how that was the place to be and how things uh, needed to be moved over there in order to, you know, be where it's happening. Well, it turns out it didn't happen. And the whole thing actually happened the way it's been happening, by uploading it through TalkShoe. And then uh, that brings it up to uh, iTunes. And I guess most people find it on iTunes. That would be my guess. It's hard to say exactly. Uh, Who knows? But anyway, more people than ever listening to the show, which I appreciate and uh, gives me incentive to do more shows. It's interesting. I can remember when the show was at five downloads a week. Five. And uh, strangely enough, I was just as excited then as I am now. Uh, maybe more so. Isn't that weird? I, you know, I try to present content in the show that would interest people and perhaps give them a little bit of encouragement and so on and maybe a life lesson or two. That's sort of like the mix of the show. Uh, you know, I definitely have my axes to grind and, uh, those reveal themselves constantly. I would say, uh, Anyway, I don't have much a point on, I don't have really have a point on that, but you know, uh, I am cognitive of what I produce in the show. Believe it or not, and it is a really fun outlet for me. I get to sit down and chat about things and ideas that really nobody around me would give two hoots about. Seriously, nobody I know wants to talk about Dick Tracy or panel layout design or word balloon flow or drawing backgrounds, or spotting blacks, or creating memorable characters that people can't forget. Nobody wants to talk about that stuff that I know, uh, which is fine. Uh, You know, I I wish I did have people around me like that, but that would be uh, like going back to art school, I suppose, Try to find somebody who was interested in the things I was interested in. Even in art school, it's hard because people are all on their own trip. Isn't that the truth? I think the closest we can get on the Internet is try to define what we like or what we enjoy and then try to find people or, or things that deliver that kind of content. And that probably is the most amazing and cool thing about the Internet. If you're into tennis, if you're into board games, if you're into, you know, making videos on YouTube, you can find a club, a group of people that is into that and it helps encourage the endeavor and keep you going and feel part of a club, and it's a fun thing. I wish that I could create something more inclusive for the art studio listeners that was more like a club or an experience. And I have some ideas on how to do that, but I'm not sure they really have any viability. You know, in other words, it would take action on everybody's part to go click and Go get and to participate and all that stuff. And people are pretty darn busy. Uh, That includes me. I have trouble participating in my own life. (laughs) I'm so busy. Uh, But I don't know. I I wonder if, if there would be some way to be more inclusive. Anyway, that was the idea behind the Artist and Writers Club on Facebook and behind the Art Studio Group on Facebook. So if people wanted to ask a question or find me or just. You know, know what's happening, or to see, you know, the art that I post all the time, so they could reference it through the show. You know, that's what that stuff is for. I don't know if that really serves people. I think it serves a couple people because a lot of people interact with me all the time about what's going on, and the rest of the people I think are just kind of like kind of like the silent majority that listen to this show but don't really interact, and that's fine. You know, I'm I'm hundred percent for that because that's what I do. I don't really write. Uh, every single entity I know or listen to a show, or, you know, a show about what's going on. Most of them, I would say, I listen to passively and never interact. Uh, I'm. What am I doing today? Well, today I'm drawing. Obviously, I just got done uh, setting up for my next illustration. I'm I'm working on the Fletcher Hanks book <laughs> as I've been talking about now for about a month and a half, and that is. Uh, going well. Again, just a few pages left and uh, I'm kind of just taking my time in these last panels and uh, having fun with it you know, after this project yet another one. I did a really cool thing, speaking of shows that I listen to, shows that I interact with. If you listen to the show Four Panel Cartoons a month back or so uh, I've been setting up and creating a four panel cartoon for the David Pakman show which is a political commentary show uh based out of Boston that uh it's on different small radio channels and on YouTube anyway I've been doing a cartoon about the politicians and running for office and things that are going on right now and I've been using the characters from the David Packman show the people as my foils anyway it's been really funny and uh what I did though is I created a really cool custom poster for the David Pacman show. I've done this for several uh, things that I'm fans of. I'll create some piece of art and send it to them as a fan. So I sent this piece to the David Pakman show. It's a 36 by 24 inch poster. And it's got like 50 characters on it. Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders. Uh, it's got everybody. And a lot of them are doing some crazy stuff. And inside the cartoons I've created for his show, they do really crazy stuff, Uh, you know, battle vampires, all kinds of stuff. So I've got all kinds of shots from the cartoons intermixed with all these other people in this giant poster, and it really looks cool. Uh, I'll release the poster itself uh, in a few weeks online so people can see it, but I haven't released it yet because I want it to be a 100% surprise when it arrives at the David Pakman show. They've never seen it, they don't, <laughs> they don't know what to expect, uh, so I think it'll be a really kind of cool thing, and I'm hoping that they'll really enjoy it, and it'll be a nice piece of memorabilia for them about the election season of 2016. Uh, it, it really is a hoot, and it was fun to draw. So as people who know, been listening to the show, I'm you know into posters this year. I'm trying to create a series of cool posters Last year, I created a bunch of board games, a whole bunch of board games, boxes and boards and game pieces and rule books and cards and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I learned everything I could about making games and the game business and then built my own games. And I have to say that was super, super fun and exciting. So this year, I'm kind of, you know, aiming at making a series of really cool posters whatever that may mean, uh, all kinds of posters, posters of cities, people, uh, events, all kinds of things. I want to make cool posters. I don't know if I'm always going to make posters, but I'm going to do it this year and I'm, I'm already uh, making them. I, I guess I kind of started back in December, uh, doing this or maybe even November. So even though, uh, you know, I haven't moved into it as much as I want. It has been something I've been working on and doing on the back burner, so to speak. But I want to kind of push it to the front burner. I want to come up with a series of really cool, unique posters that are one of a kind and uh, maybe even have the hope of selling them. Who knows? But I'm interested in doing that. Another thing that's on my mind is creating some kind of continuing comic series. But I'm not sure exactly what I want to do it about. I know the kind of structure I want. And I know the kind of characters, sort of, I want to talk about. And what the tone might be. But I'm not sure what to exactly do. Uh, I want to create a comic strip. And the exact comic strip... uh, is sort of fluid, which you're thinking, well, that's not a very defined idea, and you're correct. The bigger idea is more of like how I want to approach it, you know, the style I want to use, the way I want to set it up, and so on, and how, that, how people receive it. So I'm trying to uh, sort of get the bigger picture and work my way in. I think it would probably best serve me to have something that is funny or wacky and zany not like a set, not like a, you know, a set up and joke cartoon strip, but something that, uh, contains elements, I think of satire, because I think I could work well in that, but who knows? I've seen elements of satire not hold up in, uh, things and they don't really click for other people because we don't really get the mind state of what this satire is. So it might be better just to do a straight cartoon strip. Anyway, I've got that in my mind now. Uh, It's been mulling over and over. I'm pretty good at consistently producing work. It's not an issue for me to create work all the time. It's not hard. So I think I should take advantage of that and try to produce perhaps an ongoing strip or an ongoing series, uh, you know, cartoon series that could, you know, somehow benefit from being ongoing. Again, you know, everything's a long shot, no crystal balls, don't know if it'll work, and don't really have a super defined plan with it. But I thought I'd bring it up here today and talk about it and mull about it with you so you could sort of see the beginning of the creative process, the germ of an idea, and how other ideas are sort of, you know, moving along as I create them. It's, uh, it's really a blessing to be able to create. It really is. I'm in that age group now where a lot of my friends and people I know have lost the ability to do the things they would normally like to do. Hike, create, eat, sleep well, (laughs) all kinds of things because their physical health has deteriorated to a point that they really can't do regular things. Some people just have trouble breathing, and that's a fact. And I'll probably soon be one of them. So, deterioration... Is a, is, a, is a fact, and I'm glad that right now, even though I really am deteriorating like an old house, that I'm able still to draw and create and to be able to produce because it won't last forever. I know that for sure. and That's why I always suggest very strongly for each and every one of you to take advantage of the time that you have, and if you do have a passion for creating, creating and making things, just do it. Don't wait for anybody's permission. Don't try to think up a master plan and how to work it all out. Just go ahead and create and have fun with it. Let the work build up. And the work itself will take you places that may surprise you. It's important to get it out there. It's important to share. You know, let people know what you're doing uh, so you don't do it in a vacuum. And I think that's the key to, you know, getting it all going. Just creating. That's the big secret. You know, when you have have trouble drawing, you know what the big secret is? Draw. That's the secret. If you want to learn to do something, that you have to do it. You know, uh, not think about it, not study it, just do it. And, and I think in the doing, there's a lot to be gained. So again, if you're in a position in life where you have a little bit of time to devote for your to your creative passions, I think you should do it. I really do. I think you'll be happy that you did it. You know, I've been working now uh, in a sketchbook for the last month and I must have 25 full-page illustrations in the sketchbook already and I'm surprised at how fast it's filling up. I really am. (laughs) It's like, wow. It doesn't take much time at all, actually. Especially if you just do one a day or something, the thing fills itself. I've got stacks and stacks of drawings all over the house here from doing the Fletcher Hanks book. I don't know what I'm going to do with this stuff. I don't know what I should do with it. You know, I guess, you know, like most art, I'll hold on to it for a little time and then I'll throw it all away (laughs) because, you know, I can't really sell it. There is no demand for it. And my God, I can't let it stack up. Uh, I had like six feet high of art stacked in my closet for years. And it was just crazy how much art I had. And I threw away... Like about five feet of it, uh you know two years ago or so, and now I'm just down to one foot of these stacked pages <laughs> on Bristol board of art. uh great legacy for my kids that that's what they're getting when I die. Here you go. I'm leaving you behind this stack of art. <laughs> Gee, Dad, couldn't you have left us cash? <laughs> so there's the family jewels, the legacy, this stack of art uh I don't look at the art much, but every now and then. I'll take a glance at it and it's uh it's interesting to see you know my sensibility just a few years ago compared to my sensibility now I've kept a lot of the art that I had from childhood and college and man looking at that art is like looking at somebody else's work it's like wow so that's how I used to think and how I used to draw no way to go back and recapture those styles they were in a time and place and the evolution of uh, my eyeballs and my nervous system have made it so I draw like I draw now, but I can't draw like I drew then. And some of the art is really interesting and engaging. Uh, you know, I wasn't a bad artist. I was just a different artist at that time. That's a great way to put it. You know, I still, uh, anyway, I brought a lot to it then that even now I can look at it and go, wow, that's, uh, I had some you know skill there. But again, I don't draw anything like that now. Now, you know, 45 years later, I draw completely differently. It's, it's weird. It's, again, it's like looking at someone else's work. It's kind of a strange experience. I'm sure any of you go back and look at your own old work and you go like, huh, what was I thinking? <laughs> well, I hope all of you are having a great day in your art studio. Keep creating, keep doing your thing, uh, give yourself permission and time to you know, pursue your stuff. And uh, it really will build up right behind you. Have a great day, and I'll see you soon in the art studio. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?